obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Sports on the Hill Podcast, True Radio Network, CP3 coming to you live from the lab. Robbie G live from the man cave, bringing you the best DC sports coverage around. This DC Sports Without the Politics for a reason. We bring you the best knowledge and insight around. We got a Nets game live looking right now. It's uh, unfortunately uh, not a good <laughs> look right now. It's a nine nothing. The Nets are down, top of the seventh. Two men out, one one. Uh, Nets pitching has been. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that more. Nets talk, which we get into right after we begin the show, and we'll. Uh, doing things a little bit differently this week. We want to go into the NBA playoffs. We got the NBA roundtable live in the house early. So we're going to break down the conference finals. There's a game going live right now. And then we want to talk some NHL playoffs and some Washington, the second place Washington Mystics and some WNBA. But before we get into all of that, Robbie G, how you doing tonight, good sir? Doing okay. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you. I had a, a great weekend of visiting family in Pennsylvania. I hope you had a good weekend as well, Carol. It's uh, an interesting uh, sports time indeed. Unfortunately, we don't have any capitals to talk about. We broke that down last week. Uh, but there's still a lot of interesting playoffs, including uh, the NHL playoffs that we'll get into. The NBA playoffs, as Carol said, we'll start off with some baseball talk. Uh, with the Nats, I think we'll do that going forward uh, as they're the team still uh, remaining uh, of our big four. And then uh, we'll, we may switch it up after that uh, these next couple of weeks. But for this week, uh, we wanted to bring in our NBA roundtable a little early, give Brian Brennan a chance to join us for both baseball talk and basketball talk. Hopefully, Tim will be able to join us uh, for some of that NBA talk. Uh, this uh, basketball game is kind of crazy. Uh, the Heat did uh, just score there, but it made it 26 to 11. And uh, so the Celtics started off on a crazy run uh, in this game. Uh, so we'll break down that series and that game as well as the Western Conference one. Um, and uh, yeah, I will also talk a little bit of the Mystics who had a, a pretty good week. We'll talk a little bit DC United uh, as well. Um, we, I also want to start off the uh, thing just briefly talking about some potential commanders news. Nothing has been confirmed yet, 
but Carol, I want to let people know uh, the quote-unquote maybe possibly breaking news uh, that, of course, has got everyone talking already. Yes. Oh, there's a lot of uh, wheels turning right now in different directions, for one. Uh, I know everyone's seen the reports that the, uh, I mentioned the last night on At The Bar Radio. <clears throat> the alleged reports of the owners are getting into a position to possibly vote out Daniel Snyder from the franchise because of a lot of improprieties and some of the investigations that's been going on. And if, I don't really want to get into all the logistics and my point of view on this situation. If you do, tune in Sunday nights at the bar radio because I always give my uncut critique on that show. I try to keep my opinion, personal opinions to myself when it comes to sports and the hill podcast. But uh, I'll just say that if this does happen, it's a slippery slope for a lot of the other owners because the type of person that Daniel Schneider is and the amount of money that he has, if he gets voted out, he's going to go after each and every one of the owners that voted for him. And he's going to find dirt on them and he's going to present and he's going to make them lose their team also. And the owners know this. So I'll believe it when I see it that the owners voted. I agree. And the other news is the potential move or they'll become the Virginia commanders. There's a lot of chat about that. Um, you know, I, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, so nothing's been confirmed about that. They're looking at some land. There's also been some conflict of whether where the location of that land is, you know, there's been just a bunch of different things reported. Um, it looks like it's going to be, uh, pretty far south of D.C., um, probably Woodbridge or Dumfries uh, is what they're looking at right now. Um, for some people, it'll make a big difference uh, and won't go to the games as much anymore if they're from Maryland or D.C. potentially. Uh, other people maybe in Northern Virginia are season ticket holders and they'll be closer for them. So maybe, I mean, there's a lot of Virginia fans that are uh, Commanders fans or were once Redskins or Washington football team fans. Um, and Maryland is a split state. You know, there's a lot of Ravens fans in the state. So, you know, you wonder if they're just moving to a state where they can just say this whole state is ours, even if we're quote unquote, the DC commanders or Washington commanders, whatever it is. But, um, it's, it's an interesting move for me because it probably pushes me out from going to games. Carol said, told me off air that he still thinks he'll, you know, maybe go to some games. Uh, it's just going to be too hard for me and my family to drive an hour each way to go to a game. And it's not that I, you know, will not root for the team anymore or are angry and are just like fed up. And, but it, it's just, it's the realistic thing. It's like, am I going to drive two hours to watch a football game? You know, and uh, for some people they will and for others they won't. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this move happens and what the potential ramifications and how it potentially could shift the fan base you know, um, but Carol, what are some of your thoughts on it? I mean, <clears throat> I don't like the idea of it being out in Virginia, but I mean, it's been in RFK Stadium in the city for you know decades. It's been in Maryland for decades. And if they want to move it to Virginia, I mean, the folks that commute from Virginia and deal with all the traffic to come out here to root for the team, if now they're switching it up and, you know, you know, telling what the facility might be out there. I know Dome has always been a, a key thing. They go on a Dome stadium, you know, in the area. I'm just mad they couldn't get a deal done where they could demolish RFK and build that area up like they did 
with um you know capital one you know in chinatown all those years ago and nats park in that area i think they could do it again build a bunch of restaurants and a bunch of other cool things uh, in that area it's metro accessible like it's just frustrating to me that like it's going to be that far away to it's just like, how are they DC anymore? I don't know. I just it's frustrating it, to me. Is DC owns those properties. The RFK is owned by the federal government. But they want it. They they claim to want to make a deal if they change the name. They change the name. So like, what's the problem? I don't know. I just it, and it's just interesting for me. I I, I I could get into all the different political things that's involved but then that it take us that that's another yeah that's a whole other story we're gonna talk about later in the summer a lot of underlying things that i don't really i'm hoping this is a push like a leaked report to push dc to make a move on that site that's my you know thing that i'm hoping for that you know now that hey we're looking at this site are you gonna actually come and play or not you don't spend a hundred million to try to make something happen somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if they actually, I mean, just because there's a report of a hundred million being spent, doesn't mean it's been spent yet. So I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes sense because a lot of a lot of stuff is going on out in that area. That's one of those uh higher income areas. So, you know, taxes they're looking at, they the revenue that they'll be able to generate with the, you know, different guidelines in Virginia. Uh, Maryland state tax is 6%. Virginia is only 4.5. So that might play a role in it for the franchise. That's a lot of money when you're talking about revenue. So right. a lot of other things that go in place. And also a lot of other things might go there. I mean, Champ just said, I'd be down for a dome stadium if they could get WrestleMania there. Potentially you could maybe get a Super Bowl. Who knows? You know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know if the infrastructure down there is to support a big event in the same way that if you were in DC, it could. But uh, only time will tell. Maybe this will push Metro to get a, a station down there or a bus line or something to get more people down that way. I don't know. But it frustrated me as a fan. I hope that it's like not true and it was just rumor and uh, that they could somehow find a way. But we'll see um, you know, what all the things are finalized. You know, In business, nothing's final until the final contract is signed. So I don't necessarily believe in any of these rumors. Uh, for all we know, so uh, but see how it plays out. Unfortunately, I was I had opportunity to get down to uh, you know training camp slash uh, mini camp. I wish I should say on Thursday I had access to get down there and actually watch some uh, you know practice. But unfortunately, uh, haven't got all my sales for the month, so I can't take that day off of work. But stay tuned. I have a, a new insider with the team that I uh, might be able to get more access than we've had before with, this, uh, with the team and on this show. Sounds good. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of uh, Brian's time. I know that you always want to get into some baseball talk, but I did think that those were some important news stories uh, that we, we should cover uh, before we get into the baseball talk, but uh, we can bring in uh, Brian now and I'll let you guys uh, talk a little bit of baseball um well i will actually jump off screen for a little bit and then i'll join uh, brian and tim for some nba talk in just a few minutes but uh welcome on in brian and i hope that you guys have a great baseball segment awesome awesome thanks thanks for having me on uh, what's going on brian yeah yeah the nets aren't looking too good it's now 10 nothing in the mm-hmm. bottom of the seventh one man uh, one out and soda with the plate uh, he's 0 for 2 for tonight. Uh, like I mentioned, they uh, 
just got their first hit in the bottom of the sixth, and uh, that's never a good sign. And the Dodgers are being the Dodgers right now. And I really, you know, dislike the Dodgers. And when I first turned the game on, I got to witness Trey Turner in a two-run RBI single. So, yeah, just to throw salt in the wound. I might be end up watching NBA within the next, probably during the segment if uh, the Dodgers score again. But, uh, Brian, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, that's pretty much how my night is going so far. Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, busy day for me, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here talking about baseball, even though the Nats aren't great. Um, always good to be on with you guys. Um, hoping the Yankees can come back against Tim's Orioles tonight. We'll see how that goes. Uh, how are you doing, man? How are you doing, CP3? Uh, maintaining, man. It's been a long weekend. Uh, you know, weekends are busy doing shows and watching games. And at least Juan Soto just got a hit, so he's on with a single. That's two hits now, right? Well, it's three hits now. They actually got a second oh, hit. Oh, three. Wow. But then they hit into a double play and into the inning. So, of course. It, <laughs> so it was, <laughs> wasn't too much to really, you know, go into. But, yeah, that's pretty much how the next uh, season has been going so far. And we'll talk about that after we recap the game. Just a couple of things that uh, transpired over this uh, last week that hopefully will work in that favor. Unfortunately, it's not working in this game, but we'll talk about that more. Uh, yeah, there was another for the fourth consecutive week, two and four week for the Nationals. They're now sitting at 14 and 28. Looks like they'll be 14 and 29 by the end of tonight. But uh, yeah, that'll be next week's show. Uh, they lost two out of three to Miami again after getting swept at home the last time they played the Marlins. So this is starting to get a little frustrating because we're used to the Marlins being on the bottom of the division and we just, you know, dominating them now. She was on the other foot and it really pretty much sucks. But you have to rebuild. They won in 2019 by trading away some of their pieces in the farm system. So now after last year, letting go some of the featured talent on the squad. Now they're rebuilding. Now you have younger players that's on the field, getting experience and, and developing. The main issue that I've seen this year is our pitching and errors, bad plays in the field. And that kind of killed this last six games that they played while they only won one game out of each series because, you know, they haven't been clicking on all phases of the game, you know, one day their defense is, you know, looking good, but then they don't have any offense. So then they're getting solid pitching, but then they can't, you know, get any runs. And then they're giving up errors on top of, you know, the pitcher not getting any run support. So it's, uh, it's kind of frustrating. I get it. But, you know, it's still early, you know. can always turn around. So we're having a 2019. So that was just my pep talk for the Mets fans just watching. Right? I, know, I know it's hard, especially talking during the 10 nothing game, but. You know, got to think back to the good times, man. Just remember the parade in 2019. That's all I can say right now. If oh, I remember man. correctly, if I, I just want to say, if I, I think I saw this on Twitter today. I believe today is the anniversary of the 2019 Nats being 19 and 31. I could be wrong, but I think I saw that on Twitter somewhere. So, hey, if you want some optimism, there you go. I tried to give it, but, you know, a lot of folks didn't want to hear it. I was trying to be optimistic, but, you know, they, they don't want to hear it. But I, I yeah, tried. Yeah. tried. Because that season, we also said, you know, I know we say it all the time, or I say it on the majority of the time, that there's a chance to turn it around, that it's still early. And they made that turn. And it was one acquisition that I point to was Gerardo Parra. 
he got acquired. He asked the game the day of one. He said, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs, even sitting at 19 and 31. And it's just something that can spark and get things going in your way, in your favor, and the momentum build. The team starts playing together and starts, you know, not making errors, and the pitchers start pitching better, and the bullpen starts, you know, locking it down like they were in the beginning of the season. So it's a long season. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go on the playoff run and, you know, go to the World Series, but a lot of baseball left. And, you know, a couple of things change, a couple of players get called up. Still haven't seen Strasburg, still haven't seen Joe Ross. And, you know, you got a lot of young players that's, you know, trying to find their way. And, yeah, it's it's rough to watch, but we've been there before, people. We've been there. I don't want to go back to another 100-loss season, but it is what it is right now. And let's go ahead and recap this two and four weeks so we can get it over with because uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, first game of the series versus the Marlins was an eight to two loss. Uh, Sandy Alcantara earned his third victory. That put him at three and two. He went eight innings, given three hits, one earned run, five strikeouts, and one walk. Uh, Aaron Sanchez took the loss. That dropped him to two and three. He went three and two thirds, giving up eight hits, four runs, and two strikeouts, and two walks. Uh, the top of the first, Yadier Hernandez got an RBI single. In the top of the fourth, Lane Thomas had an RBI single also. Uh, Alcantar just is filthy. He has the Nats number. Uh, they can't get anything against this dude so far this year. Pitched, I believe, in the eighth, deep into the eighth inning on uh, both appearances he had against the Nats. And they can't score. They can barely hit him. They only had three hits in this game. And uh, his issue is control. Sometimes he, you know, gives up walks. This game he didn't. He only gave up one. So, yeah, that was a bad way to start the series. Uh, the second game of the series was a 5-1 loss. Uh, Anthony Bender earned the victory for the Marlins. His first of the season, I put him at one and three. He went one inning, giving up two hits, no runs, but one strikeout and no walks. Uh, Joan and Dome took the loss. This dude, he's uh, trying to find his way. And right now, he's uh, yeah, hit or miss big time. And right now, he's missing a lot. He's one in seven. He ended up going four and two thirds with five hits, one earned run with two strikeouts and no walks. Uh, top of the eighth. Josh Bell had a sacrifice fly to account for the lone run for the Nets. And the last game of the series, the Nets trying to salvage and not get swept. Uh, they won five to four in 10 innings. Tanner Rainey earned the victory. That put him at one and one. He uh, went one inning, given one hit, one earned run, one strikeout, and two walks. Uh, Daniel Castano. Yeah, Castano. Yeah, so that's what it's going to be tonight. He took the loss that dropped him to the on one. He's uh, with two innings, giving up one hit, one run, uh, not earned, strike, no strikeouts and no walks. And Victor Avano earned his first save of the season, going one inning, giving up no hits, no runs, and no strikeouts, no walks. Top of the first, Christian Hernandez uh, scored on a wild pitch with Josh Bell at the plate. Top of the second, uh, Escobar had an RBI double. Christian Hernandez had an RBI double also at the top of the second. Top of the eighth lane, Thomas was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, which led to a run coming in. And Ruiz had an RBI double in the top of the 10th. 
to have the game winning hit to salvage this three game set with one victory. And yeah, it was pretty ugly. There was a inside the park home run by the Marlins star Chisholm. The Nats almost had an inside the park home run by Lane Thomas, but he got through out of the plate. And then as you watch the video before the show, the Nats pulled off a triple play, which was a lone bright spot for the series besides another win. Triple play at a crucial time of the game. So that was the lone bright spot of it, but losing to the Marlins, you know, again in the series just is not a good look. You know, they got to do better, play better, and stop committing these errors. And, you know, the pitching, you know, we all know what needs to be done in the pitching. So there's really nothing much more to be said. Brian, what was your uh, synopsis of this series loss to the Marlins once again? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I feel like we talk about Alcantara pretty much every time the Nats play the Marlins. He just owns them. He's one of the best young pitchers, I feel, that doesn't get talked about, at least in this game. He's really good. Uh, and then, again, you mentioned Adon. Uh, it's, it's almost hard to choose who's worse right now on the Nats between Adon and Patrick Corbin. They're, they're both so bad. They've both been terrible both uh, this season. Losses. Yeah, it's it's hard hard to believe. Uh, they both have two pitchers to both be that bad. It's, it's it's pretty remarkable, honestly. And yeah, you mentioned it. The, the Nats used to have the Marlins' number. It felt like you know you you go back to all the years when the Nats were competitive and a team that was fighting for the playoffs every year. You felt like they had they always had a good track record of beating uh, the Florida slash Miami Marlins, but you know it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Uh, I think Miami's a team. You mentioned Jazz Chisholm hitting the inside the park home run. He's a he's a really exciting young player. I, I really like Jazz Chisholm a lot. I think he's he could be good for the game. Um, they're an exciting team. I, I think they can make some noise in the NL East. I still think the Mets are probably going to win the division, but I think the Marlins can make some noise, especially with an expanded playoff potentially. Um, and as far as the one win goes, uh, you got to give it up for uh, Ruiz, the young catcher, Kybert Ruiz. Uh, he got on base five times in that game. And like you said, he had the game winning hit. Uh, he is definitely, I think, you know, you know, you might not see it at times, but I think he's definitely going to end up being a bright spot for this team. You know, I think the nationals actually do have a good solid amount of depth at the catcher position. Uh, and he's right up there among the best. So uh, in their in their system, at least. So yeah, great game for Ruiz, probably the best game of his career, but yeah, Marlins, they're doing well against the Nats so far this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've seen them, you know, struggle for a while trying to get out the bottom of the division. They're still in the fourth place, but they're not in the bottom because the Nats are. And before I go down and break down in Milwaukee City, now, Brian, remember when I told you after Atlanta had won the World Series and Freddie Freeman had, you know, finally left the Braves because he's terrorized the Nats for so many years. He, did he just do something against the Nats? Yeah, yeah, yes, he did. The of course he did. Were, yes, the Nats were trying to salvage some, you know, they had the bases loaded with two outs, man at the plate, 1-1, one, one, he hits a rope to the first base side, and guess who snags it that would have probably been a, a base clearing double to give the Nats three runs? Guess, guess who snagged it at first base? Who was it? Freddie Freaking free. Uh, of course. That dude just terrorizes the Nats no matter where he is. 
It's just you. He's just a beast. Like Freddie Freeman. I know, I, I, I'm just, just tired of him always doing something <laughs> against the Nets. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> I don't know how you do it, Brian. You've been a baseball guy longer than me. When these players oh. and the other teams are still find a way to beat your team, man. It, it, well, usually it's the other, with my team, Carol, usually it's the other way around. Usually players from other teams come to my team. So it's, it's usually the other way around. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it the other way. Well, I'm not going to get into the luxury tax and the things <laughs> that you're going to have been able to do that other franchises have. That's a whole other show in itself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> get into this Milwaukee Brewers series, which the Nats also found a way to lose one out of three. Uh, the first game, uh, not too much to talk about because it was a 7 nothing loss, kind of similar to the 10 nothing that they're down right now in the first game of the Dodgers series. So, yeah, kind of ironic you're talking about that at the same time. Uh, let's see. There's Eric. We're going to go with Eric because I can't read the last name. That's my bad. I was kind of writing in the rest of the day. Eric earned the victory for the Brewers. I put him at four and one. He went seven innings, did a five hits, no runs, five strikeouts, and no walks. And Eric Fetty took the loss for the Nats. That drops him to two and three. He went five and two thirds, giving up four hits, two runs, with four strikeouts and three walks. That's kind of his issue whenever uh, he gets in trouble. It's because of uh, you know, control. He loses sometimes with his uh, mechanics, or I don't know what it is, but when he gives up walks, it normally a home run follows. And like we said, the first game was a seven nothing loss. So there really were no uh, offensive highlights to even speak of. Second game of the series. Similar to the second game of the Miami series, it was a 5-1 loss by the Nets. Uh, Patrick Corbin earned his seventh loss of the season. He went five innings, went up eight hits, five runs, three strikeouts, and one walk. Brayton Woodruff earned the victory for the Brewers. That uh, put him at five and two. He went six innings, went up five hits, one run, six strikeouts, and no walks. And Josh Hunter earned his, I mean, Josh Hader, I'm sorry, earned his 15th save of the season going uh, one third of the inning, giving up it. no hits, no runs, no strikeouts or walks. Uh, the top of the third, Lane Thomas had a solo home run to account for the lone run for the Nationals and the game to salvage. Once again, to try to at least get one victory out of this series without getting swept. And the Nets were managed to win eight to two with the shift in the lineup, I mentioned my concerns about having Juan Soto in a two-hole, one never been in that position before, and I don't really see that as an advantageous position for him, even though you have the likes of Josh Bell, who's been pretty consistent this season, and Nelson Cruz, who has, even though even though he has, a you know, I think around 20 RBIs, he hasn't been consistent at the plate, so they haven't been able to protect Soto and he hasn't been able to, you know, really get going because there's no one been on base in front of him. He has eight home runs and seven of those are solo. So they moved him to the three spot, and Hernandez was still leading off. I forgot who they put in the two hole. But long story short, offense came alive. And so they scored one run and got shut out in the first two games and put up eight runs in the third game. And in that game, Aaron Sanchez earned his third victory of the season, which puts him at 500. He's now three and three. He went five innings, gave up seven hits, two runs, one strikeout, and two walks. 
Freddie Peralta dropped to three and two. He went three innings, giving up six hits, five runs, two strikeouts, and one walk. Uh, top of the second, Lane Thomas had an RBI double. Top of the third, uh, Nelson Cruz had an RBI single. Top of the fourth, the Nets blew it open. Uh, Lane Thomas had an RBI double. D. Gordon had an RBI single. Christian Hernandez had an RBI single. Uh, Louise had an RBI double. Juan Soto, who had won for three this game, had a two-run RBI single to cap things off and make it eight to two. And the Nets, you know, held on to win that game. You know, we've seen the bullpen, you know, pitching faltering, you know, give up lead before, but. Uh, they held on to the lead and was able to salvage their second win of the week against the Central League Brewers. So you know, at least they got a victory against a you know, top team, you know, like two. But you know, one is better than none. Man. They could have went one and five and could have two and four. But it was good to see them, you know, get some offense together and you know do get some solid pitching, you know. They're not playing catch up throughout the whole game and giving up early runs, runs in the early innings and trying to play catch up. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's a frustrating series, frustrating season. But I'm a fan. What am I going to do? Not root for my team. <laughs> it is what exactly. it is. Brian, so what did you take away from this series against the Brewers? Who I didn't realize how good they were, and I forgot they had that damn Yelich. You know, he was in Miami and terrorizes <laughs> there. And it, Popped in Milwaukee. I think he had a triple when I first looked up. I was like, damn it, this dude is just too good. Yeah, Yelich is still a beast. He's having a nice bounce-back season this year. He had a couple down years, but he's having a good bounce-back season. I do want to go back to the Friday night game because even though the Nats did lose 7 to nothing, they did turn a triple play in this game, uh, which is interesting. They they got blown out. On, I mean, the score, I think, at the time when they turned the triple play was – uh, I think it was two nothing. The Brewers were leading, and um, I think it was a, a five four three triple play around the horn. It was very nicely turned by the Nats. I don't know when the last time the Nats had turned a triple play before this was, but you do not see that every day, especially in a game where you you know end up losing pretty badly like they did in this game. But that was, that was neat to see for sure. Um, and like you mentioned, the fielding issues at at the start of this, the fielding issues of the team. So that was. Definitely a nice moment in the series, but yeah, the Brewers are a really good team. They're having a nice, um, they're having a great season so far. They might go end up going wire to wire in the NL Central this year um, and winning the division title again. Uh, good for the Nats to salvage the last game of the series, scoring six runs in the fourth inning. Uh, I, I, I think you're right. The lineup shakeup probably a good thing, honestly. Um, I think Soto, you know, Soto's clear. I mean, duh, he's like the best hitter on this team. One of the best hitters in the league. So I think you need to get him in a position where he can drive some people in. So I think anywhere you can switch the lineup up is good. Josh Bell has been great all season. Uh, I, I said the last time I was on, I think it was on two weeks ago. Uh, I think Josh Bell should be an all-star this year in the NL. if He keeps playing the way he does. So anyway, to switch the lineup up and get Soto in a position to drive more people in uh, is good. Um, and you, you obviously you hope that winning that last game against Milwaukee would create some momentum, but obviously, you know, not not quite tonight playing the uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, it was actually 2016 was the last time the Nets turned to triple play. It was, Six uh, years. Yeah, it was a uh, Zimmerman. I actually had it in the video. I I actually did the flashback to the 2016 triple play that they turned. Zimmerman was a uh, two man on. Zimmerman was on uh, covering first. 
line straight to him. Man was off the base, and he tagged first, and there was a guy on third that took off home. He threw the Rendon triple play, 5-3. Nice. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, like I said, the bright spot of the week, you know, something you know, good to look at, especially amidst all the fielding errors that they've had. But, you know, like I said, it's still frustrating to, uh, you know, go to this run. And and speaking of Juan Soto, I, like I said, I've been in a couple of the Nats groups. Do you believe that there are a couple of folks talking about he's washed up? He's washed up. What? Washed, Brian, they act. I, he, they, someone actually put up. Isn't he twenty three years old? How can he be washed up at twenty three? He's washed up. What? <laughs> are these those same Commander Karens you've been hanging out with? Like, who hey, are these people? Hey. These are national uh, national Nancys, man. I, I like it. There, go with that. Go with that. Yeah, national Nancys, man. They were in because I dropped it. Like I said, I made the, the triple play video, so I put it in a couple of the groups, and they were commenting. You know, they were some of them were sarcastic, and then next thing I know, I started scrolling through some of the posts, and one guy actually took the time to say, "Yo, that Juan Soto was washed up." I mean, it's it's pretty hard to be washed up when you're. 23 or whatever 22 23 however old Juan Soto is he's got he's got one of the brightest futures in all the sport like he's one of the best players in this league he's not he's not washed up um maybe uh, I, I there's something to be said I think I think what you what you said earlier about maybe the Nats aren't really putting him in a position to drive in a ton of runs because what did you say it was eight home runs and seven of them were solo um yeah that's I mean, that's, that's not, that's, you got to get, you know, your guys in position to, to drive runs in the big bats in your lineup. And I think there's something to be said for that, but no, no, Juan, Juan Soto's not washed up at all. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know with some of these. Folks. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, so when you go through your frustration with the Yankees, just think about that. <laughs> They're thinking that Juan Soto's washed up. Like, at least my fan base isn't that bad. Uh, I mean, I, mean yeah, I don't want to comment on some Yankee fans, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was the week that was an upcoming schedule. We're currently in the three game series with the Dodgers, where they're currently down 10 nothing in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, no, no outs. No man on with a one two count. Hernandez at the plate. They also have a game tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Excuse me, and Wednesday at four. Then they have Colorado coming into town for a four-game series. Uh, Thursday there'll be a seven o'clock start. Friday seven o'clock start. Saturday four o'clock start, and Sunday a one thirty-five start. So this week we'll have seven Nats games this week. So hopefully they can at least maybe go three and four instead of two and four. We can break this two and four streak for the fourth week in a row. Uh, but uh, Robbie, I know you haven't watched much baseball. Uh, did you get to see any of these uh games you talked about? Uh, did you at least see the triple play video that I put out there? This I did watch the video that you made. That is all of the, <laughs> all, of the <laughs> all of the nationals I've seen this week. Which, from what I've now listened to, because I listened to that entire segment, uh, seems to be the, the bright spot of the entire week. So I'm uh, I'm pretty happy. The shutouts. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So that's good. Uh. I've been eating some dinner and enjoying your guys' conversation and watching this Boston team up 55 to 28. Also, um, uh, this is a pretty tight game in the battle for Florida. Uh, right now, Tampa Bay is up one 
uh, nothing. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. And they are now on the power play actually with eight thirty four left in the third period. So we'll talk about, um, all of that as well, but, uh, yeah, I, I did not watch any of the baseball. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but, um, but I, uh, am excited to talk about other sports. All right. Well, I'm about to bow out and let you guys talk about, I saw Tim had just jumped on. So I'm yep. about to go ahead and uh, let you guys talk about some NBA as you uh, had that nice segue. And I'm going to go uh, partake of some uh, more adult beverages and get ready to talk some mystics when you guys come out of the NBA talk. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let me see if I can get this uh, screen share to work here. Uh, it's always slightly finicky, potentially, uh, depending on uh, the day. Uh, let's see. Just like today. Let's... Uh, why didn't why isn't this going away? Uh, uh, let me see. There we go. I fixed it. All right. So, uh, all right. We're doing one more little mini adjustment on the fly to make us reasonably sized. Um, so, Tim, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing great. Excited to join. Um, talk uh, some NBA. It's been a a crazy uh, playoffs and glad yeah. to, to discuss a little bit with you. Yeah. I'm excited that we have Ryan uh, back on uh, this segment. Uh, Tim is back. Arun is taking the week off. That's one of the benefits of having like the round table format that uh, I always want to break it down with two or three of you. It can rotate each week. Uh, Ken's actually in chat right now. I want to thank him uh, for moderating uh, Twitch chat. It's got a lot of great people uh, in that chat as well. Uh, Champ just gave, a, a gift sub. I appreciate that to uh, Peter, the modding mod, who's a mod of a million channels. I really appreciate that. Uh, also earlier, Andy also resubbed. So I appreciate both of those subs tonight over on Twitch and all the people join us in all the different uh, mediums, whether it be on Facebook, Carol's YouTube, uh, sports.thp.com has all the different ways you could be listening to the show tonight, including the podcast tomorrow morning. Um, but uh, I'm excited to have Tim and Brian back on. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, NBA playoffs right now. Again, uh, we're in the waning seconds of the first half. Uh, we'll keep it here live there. Boston is up 55 to 33 uh, and Boston has the ball uh, and they're looking to make a play. There's seven seconds left on the shot clock, but there is a foul. Uh, so I believe that is the, they're in the bonus. So they'll be shooting uh, two uh, for that one, but uh, I'll get your guys quick initial thoughts of the first half here. Uh, Tim, it was a real big blowout to start this game. Um and uh, it seems to have kind of continued uh, throughout this first half. Yeah, this series and the playoffs in general have had a lot of blowouts, um, especially just crazy first half mismatches. And this is like the last game. I mean, although uh, game three ended up being close at the end, just the first half, you know, one team completely outplayed the other. And it was shocking how badly Miami played on offense in the first quarter, um, they were stuck on one point until very deep in the first quarter and um, didn't really hit their first shot until really late. So they didn't come to, um, you know, ready to play, but I do think they have a run in them. So hopefully it's not an, another blowout and um, it ends up being a decent game in the end. Yeah. So the Heat won the first game. The Celtics then won 
uh, the next two games, and they are currently, again, uh, leading 57 uh, to 33, live with uh, 23 seconds uh, left. And Boston has the ball, again, 14 on the shot clock. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was interesting that it started off well for the Heat, and I thought uh, it was going to be a really close, tight series. I actually thought that maybe the Heat winning game one would mean a whole lot, but the fact that the Celtics came back and just dominated game two. Uh, Brian, talk about how that kind of changed how this series uh, has gone so far. Yeah, I think um, an important storyline to keep track of here and something that's kind of hard to keep track of with this series is there have been a lot of players coming in and out for both teams in this series and in the first game of this series the Celtics didn't have um they didn't have Al Horford and they didn't have Marcus Smart the defensive player of the year uh Horford was in the COVID protocol Smart got hurt in game seven against the Bucks, and you could tell they were really missing both of those two guys in game one and, and to get them back for game two um was a huge lift I think to get them both back was really huge for this the Celtics team and they really dominated game two um Tatum had a huge game. Uh, Smart in his return uh, clearly wasn't affected too much. He had 24 points in game two. It was really a dominating effort. And like like Tim said, uh, there really have not been a ton of like really close competitive moments in this series. It feels like it's a blowout like all, all the time in this series. I mean, just look at this game tonight. I just it, it feels like there's, there's very few like close tense moments. But I think. Like I said, something to keep track of is all the people coming in, in and out for both teams. Because like I said, Horford Smart were out in game one. Rob Williams was out for the Celtics in game three. Jimmy Butler went out in game three for the Heat. Tyler Hero is out tonight in game four for the Heat. And you can tell they clearly miss him in this game. So, yeah, just something to keep track of in this series. Yeah, for sure. So, um We'll definitely be talking about this uh, series next week. It'll be interesting to see how this game goes. I mean, it's looking very much, I mean, it just went to halftime, 57 to 33, as you can see on the screen here. Uh, but just a really kind of a dominating uh, performance in the first half, both offensively and defensively, uh, with uh, Tatum going off for 24 points, eight rebounds and three assists. Uh, right now, the Heat, uh, Oladipo is trying to keep them in it, but it's just uh, they're not putting up a whole lot, especially early on. It was brutal. Game five is going to be on Wednesday. That's an 830 start time. Um, and uh, that game um, will be, uh, I think, is it on TNT or is it? No, it's ESPN. It is on ESPN. OK. And um, and so uh, here, I'm just trying to pull up the rest of the schedule here. Uh, game six will be Friday at 8.30 in Boston, and Game 7, if necessary, would be Sunday. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if the Celtics win this game, they just ride that momentum in, uh, or if at least you know the Heat can push them to a Game 6 back here. I'd be surprised if the Heat come back in this game, but you know we've seen crazier things happen. Um, Tim, what are your thoughts on this series as it moves forward? I think this series is probably going to go 7. Um, just... Uh, I could see, you know, the next couple games going back and forth, but um, these teams are really evenly matched, especially with, like Brian was saying, a few injuries on both sides. I do think, though, that even uh, with Game 7 in Miami, if uh, the Celtics come back healthy for that, they could they should probably win uh, because Game 2 just showed when they're healthy, they probably are the best team. But I, I'm – Clearly, this is the, the best series of the two, and 
uh, fairly evenly matched teams. I, I think one thing, uh, despite Boston having a, a deeper, better team, probably more scoring, uh, Miami has a great coach and a lot of depth, so you can't really count them out. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I definitely predict a seven-game series uh, in this one. Interesting. Brian, do you see it going the same way, or do you think that if the Celtics roll in this game, they might just roll straight through and win it in five? Uh, well, well, first of all, I think, uh, Robbie, the, the, the Heat actually lead the series two games to one, not the Celtics. Oh, yeah, right. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't see that this game was 109-103. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, well, that's uh, a, that is a huge difference. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah so. no problem. It's, it's, uh, it's all good. Um, anyway, uh, I do see this series going seven, honestly. Um, I, I, I think these are two very evenly matched teams. Um, you know, I actually think that um, – you, you know, when it comes to the depth, I would say that they're actually pretty comparable when it comes to depth. I wouldn't say Boston's necessarily got more or greater depth than the Heat do because this is a very deep Heat team. I know Tyler Hero's out tonight for the Heat, but he was the sixth man of the year in the NBA, and he leads a very good second unit for this Miami team. So I, I think there's a lot of – I think, yeah, I, I would like to see more close games in this series, honestly. Um, the game three was – Honestly, the Heat dominated the first half. The Celtics were able to get get it close towards the end, um, but I, I I would really like like a from start to finish competitive game in the series, um, and hopefully we get that. I I I, I think the Celtics are probably going to cruise the rest of the way tonight on their home floor. I would hopefully in Game Five we can get that close competitive game uh, that that we've been craving for in the series. Honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't get to watch Saturday's uh, game because I was out with family, but that's – I thought when I saw the box score <clears throat> earlier because uh, Brown had 40 and Al Horford had 20, I thought they had won the game. I, I didn't realize that they had done that in a loss. Um, so, um, yeah, that's the part that I, I totally missed. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting that it was sort of like more even scoring. I mean, uh, Bam had a, a good game, but it was – uh, just sort of contributions from across the lineup uh, for the Heat for them to be successful. I think I want to point out three. that Bam in game three, um, Rob Williams, the Celtic center, he's on the all-defense team this year. He was out for that game. Like I said, a lot of players have been coming in and out for both teams in the series. So that's why I think Bam was able to feast. There's a big difference between when Rob Williams is in the lineup for the Celtics as opposed to Daniel Tice. It's just Daniel Tice is just not as good as Robert Williams is. So uh, – Adebayo was pretty much able to feast on him in that game. Um, I was a little surprised when Jimmy Butler went out. Um, he did not look hurt. He played pretty much the entire first half and looked looked fine. And when they announced that he was out for the rest of the game at the start of the second half, I was pretty shocked. I think a lot of people were. Um, and that definitely played a role, I think, in the Celtics' comeback that Jimmy was out for the second half. They were able to kind of fight their way back in this game. But, yeah, a great performance by Bam in, in game three for sure. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, this is an interesting series. Now that I realize this is going to make it 2-2. Two, two, um, and um, you're right. I do think it'll go seven now. And um, I'm excited to see how it goes. I hope the, the Celtics win uh, just because um, Carly's my mod and I'm good friends with her. And I really don't have much. I hate the Heat just because they're like a kind of a division rival of the, the Wizards, you know, and uh, there's a history there. 
but uh, and I didn't like them buying a championship with you know all those you know three guys going together. So I've I've never really liked the Heat. So I will. I'm not like the biggest Boston sports fan, as we all know on this podcast. But uh, between those two teams, uh, I'll definitely take Boston. Um, Brian, do you have any rooting interest? Are you interested in any one of the two winning, or uh, or how how do you feel about that? No, I honestly hate both these teams as, as a Knicks fan. I figured you would as a Knicks fan. That's yeah. why I was like, how do you even – but you still watch it and enjoy the games even though you can't root for you. I will one. say I rooted for the Celtics in the first round. I mean, that's because they were playing the Nets, and I hate the Nets even more than the Celtics and the Heat. So, I mean, that's what – but I, and when it comes to this series, I don't really necessarily lean one way or the other, honestly. I, I don't really like either of these teams – uh, I guess I, if I had to say, because, um, I mean, let's be honest, it's looking like Golden State's going to win the West. If I had to say which finals matchup I would like to see more, I honestly think the Celtics would be a more fun and better matchup than the Heat. But um, I, what, what Tim said about the Heat is right. They have a great coach. Eric Spolstra, I think, is one of the most underrated coaches in the history of the NBA. They always talk about how, you know, that team had LeBron and Wade and Bosh, but, I mean, he was the coach of those teams. I mean, I, I mean, and he's been the coach of these Miami of the Heat for so long. I think he's an X factor. Not that Ime Udoka of the Celtics is a bad head coach, but Spo's experience and all that I think could play a role the rest of the way in the series. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to break in with some other sports interesting news. So we're in the final minute of the third period of a potential sweep going on, New- and um, so Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, uh, just missed an empty net, which would have iced it. So it's one nothing Tampa Bay over Florida, 45 seconds left. It's an empty net for Florida. They have to score here to get it to go to overtime to extend the series. Um, and uh, they're keeping it in uh, the 36 seconds left. Uh, they're clogging up the neutral, a shot. And, oh, what a save by the defender right on the goal line because uh, the goalie was up on the crease. Uh, they shoot it down the ice. And it's icing with 22.1 seconds left. Um, I'll let people know how the ending of that. It's just kind of exciting because that'll be uh, one of our segments coming up. Um, and, oh, they awarded it a goal. Interesting. Um, I guess they might have sort of tripped a guy on the way uh, down there. Um, anyway, uh, well, I'll see the replay. But um, Tampa goes up to nothing and probably sweeps that series. We'll talk more about that. Uh, in the hockey segment. So um, Vasilevsky made some great saves uh, down low um, uh, to keep it a one nothing game. And then down the other way, uh, oh, what a block um, up front, but it still bounces around, almost goes in. A defender stays on that line and uh, make sure it doesn't go out. Uh, they shoot it down the ice. Um, and, oh, it wasn't icing because <laughs> – I see it now. I thought it was uh, Florida's guy that got to it first. There was just a Tampa guy uh, who was cherry picking and he just scored, you know. And um, so, uh, yeah, um, Tampa Bay is going to win this series. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting sweep against a team that uh, beat, unfortunately, the Capitals. So it doesn't seem like that team went very far. In fact, they won no more games after knocking the Capitals out. Um, so that's an interesting storyline for sure, but I'll ask Carol about in a few minutes. Um, any final thoughts, Tim, on this uh, current series that we're watching between the heat and the Celtics before we go to the West coast? No, I just agree with Brian. I want a good game. It's very frustrating as a fan because this series is close, but like the games are not, not very compelling. Uh, 
until till the end of a couple of them. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go into the other uh, series right now, which uh, hasn't been a very close series so far. Uh, the the Warriors uh, won uh, the first game in kind of a blowout fashion. Uh, the second game was a little bit closer, and the third game was about the same. Um, and uh, they take a 3-0 lead tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Um, the Warriors, uh, it'll, the game will be in Dallas. We'll see if Dallas can extend the series. I'll start off with you, Brian. What are your thoughts on the series so far? Um, yeah, uh, the, the first game, like you said, was a blowout. That kind of set the tone, I thought, for pretty much the rest of the series. Um, Golden State put the hammer down um, in that first game and really dominated. The second game was um, the da- Dallas actually led the second game for a lot of it. They had a really good lead in the first half. But Golden State just kept inching, like, a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And, like, you, you kind of got the sense that, like, you know, this Golden State team's just not going to be denied. And um, they had a really strong you – know, I'm just looking at the stats right now for that game, too. Um, actually, yeah, sorry, it was game two. Um, they had a really strong uh, fourth quarter. They had 43 points. Uh, and Luka Doncic has been amazing this series, but – uh, and he's been amazing all postseason. He's been amazing his whole NBA career. But, like, this this Golden State team, they just look like they're on a mission. It's like they have a new hero every night. Like, it's, if it's not Steph Curry or Thompson or Draymond, it's it's Kevon Looney or uh, Jordan Poole stepping up. It's like a new hero every night for Golden State. And then as far as the game last night goes, yeah, it was close. Um, Go- Dallas definitely had a chance on their home floor at the end, but – I have to point out um, this this from the box score. I think this is a big reason that Dallas lost. Uh, a former Nick, one of my one of my favorite players from the Knicks of the last recent years, uh, Reggie Bullock had probably the worst game of his entire NBA career in this one. He was 0 of 10 from the field and 0 of 7 from three. Uh, it's hard to be much worse than that. And um, Dallas lost this game by nine points. If he makes just three of his baskets. I mean, I mean, it's a huge difference in this game. Uh, so Bullock really did not step up. Um, and do, like I said, Doncic has been amazing, but his supporting cast outside of Brunson, who I think's played himself into a nice contract this off season, uh, has been really hit or miss at times this postseason for Dallas. And they're just getting overmatched by what at the end of the day is just a much better, much more experienced uh, and I mean, they're going to go to the finals again, much better team than Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Tim, what are some of your thoughts on the series? I think one of the factors, it's not necessarily a big talent gap in this series. Cause a lot of people thought, um, Dallas could compete. It's just, they don't have experience going deep into the playoffs. Even Luca in, um, game two made some mistakes down the stretch. And I think a more experienced team would have definitely won game two because, yes, they, their lead was early, but um, they, they, they really just, you know, could, cannot piss that away and win a championship. And I think maybe they will get to a point eventually where they will be winning championships and winning series like this because they do have a lot of talent and Luca might be like potentially a top 10 player of all time, you know, when all said is when all is said and done, but they're not there. Um, Kerr is a better coach. And one thing that people don't talk about a ton, but it's key is 
with players like Looney and Draymond, <clears throat> the Warriors have had a big advantage inside and rebounding, and they've gotten a lot of offensive rebounds. And that was really key in um, game three, especially. So uh, just one of Dallas is they, they play a ton of guards and they like to space floor and have five shooters, but um, they also have like had a big disadvantage inside. So that's kind of really hurt them, I think. And um, just the coaching too has been a mismatch, I would say. Yeah. For sure. One little scoring update. Uh, the Blues have scored the first goal against Colorado in that series. Colorado leads two to one. So it's important. Uh, this game is in St. Louis. Uh, they scored in the first five minutes of this game uh, and an exciting one. Uh, and the second half has just started uh, in uh, this game. Boston is up 59 to 33 in that live game. So I know that Carly is happy uh, with that. Um it's going to be interesting to see where this uh, goes next week. Um, I'm hoping to, that we're doing a show next week. I still have to talk to uh, Carol. I know that it's Memorial Day weekend. People might be busy. So uh, schedules may, or, you know, we, some years we do have one and some we don't. So I'll have to talk to him about that. But um, I know in, at least in future weeks, when we do get back together, it'll be interesting to see how this round finishes up as well as the teams that make it to the NBA finals. Because for me, I think the Golden State Warriors are going to probably do a gentleman's sweep and win this in five. I think Dallas might win uh, the next one. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to be a sweep or you think they might get one? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's either going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. Uh, Dallas might not want to have their season end on their home floor like this, but Golden State's clearly the better team. Like this series hasn't been close. It, it makes me wonder. I know they got embarrassed. I wasn't on the show last week, so I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but you know, Dallas really embarrassed Phoenix on their home floor in game seven. And I wonder if Phoenix had won that game, would we have had a better series than this? I mean, Dallas really stepped up in that game seven and moved on and probably the best performance you'll ever see from them. But I wonder if, if Phoenix had won that game, would we have had a better series in the Western conference final, a more evenly matched series than this? Cause you know, Phoenix was, in the finals last year, they were the number one seed. They were the best team in the NBA all year. So I wonder if that would have been a better matchup than this. But, um, yeah, I see I see this ending either tomorrow in four or the gentleman's sweep. Tim, what do you see? Yeah, I agree because I think also Dallas has a lot of pride. Um, they had a great crowd last game, so they might want to win one. But I think Golden State learned their lesson last series because they let Memphis – blow them out in a, um, in a, in a winnable, uh, you know, series ending game. So I don't think it would go past five definitely, but, and I also agree with Brian. I think Phoenix would have potentially even beaten golden state. It's just people forgot how good they were because they were so awful in game seven, you know, people like to kind of trash them, but you know, they, they, they would have definitely competed a lot better than Dallas. And this series is a dud. It's kind of a disappointment. Like, I, I just don't think um, it's, it's going to be competitive no matter what. So, Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think uh, we've, uh, we're able to break these down right now. The score is Boston 61, Miami 35. I'll do scoring updates throughout the evening in that. Uh, Tim, any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, and, uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. 
Oh yeah, no problem. Um, no, I mean, just great show. I'm glad we could uh, talk about the NBA. Hopefully we can talk about the finals uh, maybe after the holiday. And uh, yeah, have a good rest of the show too. Yeah, sounds good. Have a good night. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, all right. And uh, Brian, I did want to talk real quickly, some DC United uh, talk this time. I did not remember to change my scene before, but hopefully I can find my DC United. I have so many scenes now that I, I lose them all. But um, anyway, uh, while I look for the, the, the symbol for it, uh, can you let our listeners know what happened in uh, the two DC United games this week? Oh, uh, yeah. So DC United, like Robbie said, two games this week. Uh, the first one was this past Wednesday. It was against my favorite team in the MLS, um, the defending MLS champions, uh, NYCFC. Um, DC United, it was a home game for DC. It was at Audi Field. They lost it 2 nothing to DC United. Uh, two goals in the first half uh, for the defending MLS champions in that one. Uh, and DC United uh, drops, drops, point, drops a game in, at their home field. Um, it's a no, no shame in losing to NYCFC. They, they won the MLS cup last year. They're one of the best teams in the whole league. So, uh, really no shame against, you know, what's really, uh, a, a not as good DC United squad. And then the second game was this past Saturday, pretty, pretty good game. This game was also in DC. It was against Toronto FC. Um, D, it was a two, two draw, uh, DC United scored the first goal. It was Edison Flores scored for them and then Toronto answered uh, and then DC United took the lead again early in the second half actually 12 11 minutes into the second half they took retook the lead 2-1 but then Toronto right at the death was able to equalize it uh, and make it a 2-2 draw for DC United I'm just taking a look at the standings right now in the Eastern Conference and DC United uh, currently sits in 11th place Uh, they let's see here they have I how many points they have 14 points on the season. So that's not enough to get it done for the playoffs so far. Uh, it's going to be really competitive in the Eastern conference the rest of the year. We'll see how DC United does, but right now they're kind of down amongst the dead men, as we say uh, with the Columbus crew, the Toronto team, they just drew against also only has 12 points and the Chicago fire who are in last place. They're right down amongst the dead men with them. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see, how they do going forward, whether they can make some ground up. Uh, they played the Red Bulls on May 28th. That's their next game at uh, the Red Bulls at 7 o'clock. On, so it's a Saturday. And uh, hopefully uh, they find a way to win that. I know that that's – I guess that's the rival team of the team that you like, Brian. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, the Red yeah. Bulls, it's the, they play in New Jersey. So they, they play in New York rivalry. Got it. Yeah. Do they play where the Giants play? No, they play. They have their own stadium uh, right outside Newark. It's called okay. Red Bull Arena. Yeah, that's the one thing like Red Bull fans love to trash talk at NYCFC fans. They have their own stadium, and NYCFC does not. Oh, interesting. Got yeah, it. NYCFC plays at Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah, which makes sense why that's the team that you root for. Yeah. Um, and uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you for helping uh, break down some soccer news with us. I appreciate it. Any final thoughts or anything you want to talk about before we let you go? No, I'll, I'll just add on, on the soccer talk. It was a really great weekend all around the world in uh, soccer this weekend. Uh, congratulations to Manchester City on winning the Premier League. Uh, 
I, I had a pretty crazy morning this week at or this it felt like a week, honestly, but I had a pretty crazy morning at work. Uh, we at, at, at Sirius, we had Jesse Marsh, who's the manager of Leeds United. He, he's an American. He's an American managing in the English Premier League. And we had him on our show. Uh, it was really cool. He literally just kept Leeds United from being relegated yesterday. Uh, it's just really cool to see an American doing well, coaching in Europe. I love it. So shout out to Jesse Marsh as well. And again, congratulations to Manchester City on winning the Premier League yesterday. And um, yeah, if you like soccer, Champions League finals this Saturday, uh, Liverpool versus Real Madrid should be a great matchup. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I just love soccer. Plenty of it to go around. Um, other than that, um, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Sounds good. And I just wanted to give uh, one final shout out. I'm going to put the, the logo. Oh, yeah. Let's second. go Rangers. Let's go Rangers. Almost got. Yeah, yeah. That's a good segue because we're going to talk a little bit of hockey in just a second. I did want to put uh, your graphic on the screen as well. Check out the Pond for the Review with Brian Brennan. If you go to sportsothp.com um, and uh, check out the podcast partners, you can check out his previous podcast there, as well as if you go to Team Sports OTHP on sportsothp.com, you can click uh, and see Tim's bio, as well as Brian's bio that has all of his Twitter information, podcast information. You can catch a lot more of his uh, New York sports stylings on there for sure. And uh Thank you, uh, Brian, for joining us as always, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. Have a good night. All right. So uh, I guess we're going to go into Mystics next. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're going to Mystics talk recap their, uh, <clears throat> their two in one week before we get into the NHL playoffs and all the action going on there. Uh, last week, the Mystics went two and one. They're currently sitting second place in the East at five and two behind, I believe, the Atlanta Dream, who are four and one. They played. So, percentage points puts them above the Mystics. They had a three game week, as I mentioned, two and one. They defeated uh, the Dallas Wings uh, 84 to 68. They jumped out to a eight, uh, 19 and six lead. Uh, to start the game and didn't uh, relinquish the lead going forward. Uh, Shakira Austin had a career high 20 points and also added eight rebounds, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, and two blocks. Uh, Lane Belladon had 14 points, five rebounds, and two assists. I'm happy they were able to uh, rebound because they had just lost to that team when we last left them off when uh, we ended our Mystics talk last week. So it was good to see them um, you know, get that you know, rebound because uh, they had come into Washington and beat us and they hadn't played a whole lot of games. And we went in uh, and uh, we beat them on their home court uh, by a pretty sizable and similar um, you know, scoring margin. Yeah, it was definitely good to see them rebound after taking that first loss of the season. And then they followed it up with a 73, I mean, 78 to 70, 73 win over the Atlanta Dream. Uh, the game was tied in half. Um, in the third quarter, both of the teams uh, locked it down in defense where they only combined for 24 points total before bo between both teams. And then going into the fourth, Washington outscored Atlanta 24 to 15 to earn the win. Uh, Shakira Austin for the second game in a row was a leading scorer for the Mystics. She had 10.7 rebounds, 
two assists, three steals, and one block. And Natasha, <clears throat> Natasha Cloud had 16 points, three rebounds, and five assists in the victory. And yesterday, the Mystics took the loss to the Chicago Sky, 82 to 73. That was behind Candace Parker's second career triple-double. She had 16 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists against the Mystics. Uh, the Mystics were up by four at half, but uh, Candace Parker, being uh, who she is, she pretty much you know took things over in the second half. Lena uh, Deladon had uh, 17.7 rebounds, two assists, three steals in the block. And Ariel Atkins added 20 points with three rebounds and three assists. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough to defeat the Sky. Uh, like I said, they took the loss 82 to 73. That puts them at five and two on the season. And I got you covered with the upcoming schedule if you want me to do it. There you go. Yeah, Tuesday, May 24th, that's against Atlanta at 7 p.m. And then Saturday, May 28th at uh, Connecticut at seven. So it'll be a rematch against Atlanta. It was a pretty close game on Friday. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Carol? Uh, it's definitely, you know, that them, <clears throat> those two teams always play each other tough. And, you know, it depends on who plays, you know, the better defense pretty much. Like I said, the third quarter of the last game they played, they combined for 24 points. I think the Mystics had uh, 10 and they had 14. So, it was, uh, you know, it depends on who locks down the defense and who can take over. And uh, like the Mystics did in the fourth quarter, going, uh, winning 24 to 15 in the fourth quarter to earn the victory. So I just say mirror the same game they played, you know, and got to do it better. Yeah, and then the next game is against the Connecticut Sun. So their season, they lost their opener at New York, and then they've won their next four games. They've got a tough um, – series two games against Dallas both in Connecticut uh, so uh, that's always interesting to play the same team twice in the same location and then uh, they continue their homestand where Washington comes to town on Saturday so they've got a, a rough week we only have two games this week they've got three I'm hoping that uh, them being a little beaten up um, you know by Dallas maybe that gives us a little bit of an edge but obviously uh, Connecticut's been playing pretty well after that little stumble to start their season definitely. You know, that's why, you know, WNBA, it's more fundamentals in basketball. It's not always shooting the three the best or the team that has the best, the most athletic player. They actually, you know, out there playing fundamental basketball, you know, pick and roll screens and, you know, calling plays, not just, you know, trying to be athletic and pulling up threes at half court just to see what happens. So, uh you know, the season's uh, underway. Teams are playing well. The Mystics starting out well. And see what they can do going down. I, I like this team. They're exciting. Uh, they, they started off really well. They're, they're doing you know, well. I'm excited because, you know, not enough people cover this team, you know, over the years. We've covered them in the year where they've made it to the finals and just barely, you know, got you know, knocked off. And then that redemption year where they were able to come back and they were able to win it all. And uh, I'm happy that we cover women's basketball and other women's sports as well we've covered over the last six seasons you know not to toot our own horn but just so few podcasts and so few shows you know on the airwaves especially in the dc area cover the mystics at all some of them claim to and they just don't even really do it but i've always really liked the mystics we're actually considered press for them uh we haven't been able to get down there we've just both been so busy 
but I would love at some point to rekindle that relationship and go down and interview players. And, um, you know, it was really cool uh, that we've been able to be pressed for them in the past. And um, it, it's an interesting sport. I really like women's basketball. I know um, it might not be the most popular thing in the D.C. area, but I'm happy uh, that we have a team. And I would love to check out that new arena. Yeah, we I'll uh you know think about revisiting that because you know, as you say, we were covering the team all season and then they made the championship. And we tried to get our credits to get down it. We got shut out by ESPN and all the big wigs that weren't following this team throughout. So I still feel a certain way about that. We couldn't get into one game, even though we had been covering the team. And me and the press, one of the press uh agents that worked for the team had a little miscommunication so i don't know if that might have been something i think that was it i think that we just hadn't reused our press certificates within a certain amount of time but you know it's a technicality it just means that we just need to get to more regular season games and try to find a way um yeah it's a bummer that we didn't get to cover that game for sure but um i'm sure uh that we we could if we wanted to continue to cover them and um and if we get the time to surely be able to get in the playoffs this time Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, um, I'm happy we did get to cover uh, them. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, this hockey playoffs uh, as well. Um, figuring out my next graphic. There it is. I just put a brand new graphic up. Unfortunately, it doesn't have our team in it, Carol. But it's been some, still some great hockey. Um, we were having some breaking info during our NBA segment. Uh, Tampa Bay ended up sweeping. Florida in that series, which surprised us, I think, at least it surprised me because I thought Florida was better than the Florida team last year, but Tampa Bay has shown, you know, having this experience and being, you know, back-to-back champions, even if they've had long series, you know, you and I talked about maybe there'd be some fatigue here uh, just because they've had a a bunch of runs back-to-back, but I didn't see that in this series. And, they put together a strong one nothing playoff, grinded out game four victory. I mean, they were able to get an empty netter in there, but it was really a one nothing game uh, that they had to grind out. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on this series? I mean, honestly, the Capitals gave them the blueprint. Call up the neutral zone. Don't let them get speed going through the middle. And, you know, buy your time, play solid defense, and score when they give you the opportunity. Isn't that interesting that you say that? I hadn't really thought about that, Carol, but – that's so true that we gave them everything they needed to know and they had the players that were healthy enough to execute. And it's, uh, that's frustrating for sure. Cause I know that we could have beaten this uh, Tampa Bay team if we were healthy. I think we could have at least. Yeah. And that's the other frustrating thing that now Tampa Bay is another step closer to trying to freaking repeat. You know, I felt like our squad could have repeated if they're you know, not going to get into the break trot situation. That's another 20 minutes right there. <laughs> For um, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're on their three-peat. I'm not that I'm a hater, but, you know. No, I'm with you. I mean, Tampa Bay was a division rival for a very long time. You know, I don't just forget that because we're not in their division anymore. I've never really liked Tampa Bay. I'm so happy on that run to our cup that we went through them and we're able to vanquish that foe too. I mean, we always talk about that Pittsburgh series, but that Tampa Bay series gives me a lot of, you know, it's a huge moment. I mean, game six and seven, Holpe coming out and uh, Burakovsky even is showing up in those games, you know? So like, 
uh, it's just a, a really important, you know, you have to win the conference final to get to the finals. So, um, and that team, that Tampa Bay team was the favorite team going to win it all that year. Mm-hmm. People forget that, you know, like, so we actually probably vanquished the hardest team in that round, arguably than Vegas, you know, Vegas actually, in some ways, looking back, seemed easy in comparison to that t- Tampa Bay series. Hey, it, uh, it shouldn't even have been. A, it should have been a sweep if it wasn't for that cross check by Ryan Reeves in Game One. Right. Game I don't. It's so rare to see a sweep uh, in uh, the Stanley Cup. We've seen it, uh, but literally in person. But uh, it's it's a uh, it's rare. I but I'm happy. Gentlemen sweep, whatever. We got it done. But that you know is a good team, and they're obviously moving on. This. Uh, St. Louis Blues game right now, it's one nothing Blues over Colorado. Colorado's up only 2-1 in this series. We kind of thought that Colorado could just steamroll over the Blues. Uh, right now, Colorado's out shooting St. Louis 12-3, to but St. Louis does have the one on the board that matters the most. Um, Carol, what are your thoughts on uh, this series? Well, like I said, I picked Nashville to upset Colorado, and they swept them. But I just feel like the veteran team that plays solid defense can slow this team down because they don't really have a lot of playoff experience. And they're generally young. So, you know, you can get physical with them. You know, I don't mean fighting. I mean, you know, get the forecheck going, hit them against the board. And then you get folks start looking over their shoulders when they're making these passes and getting close to the board and they make mistakes. We saw that in the Capitol series, unfortunately. You know, they were able to capitalize on the mistake that they made. Uh, than uh, Florida made, but Florida was able to capitalize on the mistakes that they made. So uh, St. Louis is a is a quality team. They uh, you know have a good foundation. They're solid defensively, and their goaltending is you know above average. I won't say stellar, but it's above average. So they I think they can uh, push Colorado. I don't beat them. I don't know because I haven't really watched the series. It's supposed to be Cowboys going out. I was up in the Nationals mode. And, pretty much just uh, flip and check the scores with the hockey. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how things are folding out. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just pretty a little salty about the Caspian out there. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't blame you. I, um, I know this is going to be a tough segment for us, still only a couple of weeks removed. Uh, but I, I still have been enjoying – the playoffs. I do want to talk about the two other series real quickly. Uh, that will resume tomorrow, Tuesday, May 24th. If you're not listening live, uh, hurricanes Rangers will be the first one up and the Rangers were able to come back and actually, uh, win a game against Carolina. Carolina's looked pretty good in the first two games, holding New York to one goal and zero goals in the first two games in Carolina. They were able to erupt, uh, for three goals uh, in this uh, last game, uh, Zibanejad uh, got the first goal uh, in the first. Uh, Kreider got the second. Anito Niederreiter uh, got a goal back for Carolina. It looked like it might be a close third period, uh, and it was, and the Rangers were able to get an empty net at the end to make it 3-1, but really a 2-1, very close uh, game again that series resumes tomorrow or tuesday may 24th at 7 p.m carol what are your thoughts on this series uh yeah i saw that uh new york was able to come back i know brian's not like but i'm still rooting for carolina because i think they have the <clears throat> excuse me the best shot at beating tampa bay i'm sorry i don't want to speak tampa bay too deep. i'm sorry 
that's an interesting reason to root for Carolina because I do think in a lot of ways Carolina does match up potentially better with Tampa Bay. I God, I think they may beat either of them at this point, just with what I just saw in this series. But uh, I'd be interested to see if the if one series goes long and the other is a sweep. Sometimes momentum can change. You know, uh, we've seen that in hockey. Uh, if it, if they have a week off now from now until the next game, if it goes seven, um, it, it could potentially uh, be a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know. I hope it goes long. I've really enjoyed this series. Um, I'm I'm kind of pulling for the Rangers. I don't know. It's tough. I go back and forth on this one, Carol. I'm rooting for the Rangers because I want to thank them for beating Pittsburgh. You know, that goes a long way in my book. Um but I do have friends that really like uh, that Carolina team. And I do see what you're saying. I think Carolina does have a legitimate chance against the Tampa Bay, but maybe even New York does too. If it goes long and you know, they caught Tampa Bay napping early. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a tough series either way. Honestly, I have some selfish reasons because I have some connects in Carolina and mm. possibly get a ticket to the Stanley Cup finals. And, you know, I'm going to try to get down to North Carolina. So, nice you would go to that would be awesome to go to a cup that's even if it wasn't ours right uh, isn't lucky enough to go to a Stanley cup final game like <laughs> yes it's true mine was a loss though <laughs> we got swept and the a cup got handed to another team but so it's not all glorious all the time um that would be yeah, interesting man. to, to yeah, watch it would be interesting to see a cup get given to a different team though and to go to a game either way um, uh, I don't know how I'd feel about Carol watching Carolina hoist a cup, but um, I would, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. As, I minded more if it was Tampa Bay, right? That's true. I wouldn't even go to that, but yeah, that, that's an interesting thought. But all right, we got one series left. It's actually probably the series I might care the most about. Uh, it's a really that that battle for Alberta is awesome. The Flames versus the Oilers is everything we thought it would be and more that uh, I just want to break down this series a little bit. Uh, that first game was nine to six, Carol. It started off three nothing for Calgary in the first six minutes and they pulled their goalie. And I was like, well, this game's over. And then at one point it got to six two, Carol. I was like, well, this game is even more over. And then they came back and tied the game at six. And then it all turned again. And just like they started the game, they scored another three goals in a row and ended up winning a game of field goals, nine to six. Carol, that's a crazy, crazy score. And I know that we thought there'd be offensive firepower in the series, but what are your thoughts with that being a game one of a series? Yeah, 15 goals in one game is crazy. Uh, I wasn't watching. a playoff game, like I, you know, maybe in the regular season. But. I mean, we uh, we both know <laughs> both these teams' defense isn't really in their vocabulary, so we knew it would be a, a high scoring because you know you got Edmonton with uh, McDavid, uh, yeah, Connor McDavid, yeah, uh, dry and Drysaddle, yeah, you know. hundred points. Then you got Calgary with a uh, Goudreau and his skill set and Kachuk. You know, it's. You knew it because it's young. It's, it's these guys are young. These guys are fast. They're talented. They're skilled. Because so, Chuck, by the way, had a hat trick in that game. Yeah, I think he had two in a playoff. I think that's his second one in the playoff. So, I mean, these guys are young. They're not playing old school hockey. They're playing their brand of hockey, and they're changing the game. Now, that's going to be the key going into the next round, whoever comes out of this round. 
is that style going to be able to adapt to their next opponent? Because they match up well because of the way they play. And I think this series might go seven. But uh, is it going to translate when they, if they, whichever team gets to the conference finals, is this style going to be able to adapt to whichever team that's going to try to stop them from doing that? That's going to be the interesting Interesting. Especially playing against a Colorado, right? You know, which is probably. If yeah. Colorado, let's see, if St. Louis, that, that'd that be more of a test. If it's Colorado, it's going to be similar to this Calgary series. And then it's going to be up to whoever comes out the East to slow that down. And I hate to say it, but Tampa Bay has that ability to do it also along with Carolina. So it's, I think whoever comes in, it depends on who comes. If St. Louis comes out of the West, I give it a 65-45. If one of these young teams come out of the West against a, a Carolina or a Tampa Bay, a veteran team that knows how to win and knows how to slow teams down and knows how to lock teams down, I think it's going to be like the Vegas Cap Series 4-1. Yeah, so the series did tighten up a little bit. Game two, uh, Edmonton was able to come back and win that 5-3. to three. That was a really close game. Calgary scored the first two goals again. I thought wasn't going well. Oilers got one back. Then Calgary goes up 3-1, uh, but McDavid scores, uh, and the Oilers get another one to tie it 3-3. And then in the third, uh, they get uh, two more goals and take and win that game 5-3. to three. So it's a good come-from-behind victory. For the Oilers, there was only eight goals in that game. In the next game, five goals scored, uh, this time uh, four by the Oilers, uh, which they scored all their goals in the second period, and uh, Calgary scored their one goal in the third period. Evander Kane, uh, you know, we talked about him a lot in the past, whether or not, yeah, he's the head case, is he worth it? He scored a natural hat trick in this game, Carol which is one of the hardest things to do in hockey. People don't know what a natural hat trick is. It's when you score three goals in a row on the board with no other players scoring between them. It's one of the most difficult things to do in hockey. And he scored at 658, 751, and 1258. So he did it in like six minutes. <laughs> anyway, and a game goes from one nothing to four nothing, and obviously changes. On on in that six minutes, he, he went to a Michael Jordan moment. <laughs> yeah, but it's just uh, an impressive feat in any sport. Uh, you know, we talk about um, triple doubles and stuff like that. We should recognize mm-hmm. that, even though he's not my favorite player, and I didn't want him on the team just because I thought he was going to be a head case. But man, in retrospect, if we could have put him in. Uh, when Tom Wilson is injured, if we could have found a way to fit him in the cap space, you know, it could have definitely been a difference. Yeah, I mean, we can all but at the point in time and with the players they had on the scene, that type of player wouldn't have been a good thing for the locker room. So, am I if the, if they would have reached the playoffs with him on the team because he he's a certain personality and he has certain issues on and off the ice, so that's a lot to take on and. Uh, He's fine. When he first got with them, he wasn't really, you know, clicking. Yeah, and, I thought it was going to be a bust early on in that trade. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it takes time. And like we talked about in the net segment, when they picked a quiet Harado Parr, you know, he came out and said they wanted to make a playoff. And they were, you know, 12 games in the 500. I thought he was crazy, but they turned around and did it. So they made the move for Randy Kane. Everybody said, well, why do you bring a person, a player like that into your Young locker room like poison the guys and lose your locker room, boom, boom, boom. But then he turns around and rewards them for their loyalty and taking them and say that he would be a better piece for this uh, team. And 
And there he goes. I mean, he's always been a talented player. He just has issues. And that's with most athletes, entertainers, artists, whatever. You know, when you're talented, you know, you have some demons that, you know, make you that talented person. And sometimes you don't know how to deal with the situations you're in and stuff happens. Luckily, things get forgiven or you get suspended and get a second chance, which he's received. And he hasn't really been in any trouble since he's been up there. And He's rewarded them with, you know, a natural hat trick to help them in the series to get a step closer to the Stanley Cup final. So their their faith in him is paying off in the long run. And it's a good thing to see, you know, somebody getting a second chance. It's one of the few things we see in this. I'm world. surprised. It's like his fifth chance. <laughs> so like it's uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't ex- mess up my narrative. I was trying to give a nice <laughs> touching moment. I had the violin <laughs> I know, I know. I just hated him so much. And I but it probably is now plays for a team I really like. So you have to understand the internal conflict that I have. It was like, well, I didn't want him for the cast, but I was like, oh, he's going to the Oilers. Hopefully he doesn't screw that up, and I'm happy for them. I mean, I have a, a good friend, Adrian, who's a diehard Oilers fan. When I just started to follow hockey, he was like, these are my two teams. I love the Capitals. I love the Oilers. I was like, I'll root for the Oilers with you. I mean, I didn't really have a West Coast team, right? So, um, you know, it's just kind of good to see uh, the Oilers have a chance. Obviously, the Calgary are their biggest rivals, so I'm hoping for big things. Uh, game uh, so the next game is Tuesday at 930 um, and then Thursday at 930 and then Saturday and Monday's games would be to be determined. I kind of hope this game goes seven so we could talk about it live on air. Um, I know I, I know that we haven't decided whether we're going to do a Memorial Day you know, show or not. We, it might be a t- like a day of decision, depending on how things are going in our lives. I'm letting you know now I'm working Sunday and Monday. So Okay. All right. So then we're might be taking off next week because I'm yes. exhausted. Yes, for sure. So I think I think we almost can call it now. I we'll we'll, we'll say that we're not gonna do a show, but if something big happens, we'll let people know. Yeah, we yeah. can do a surprise yeah. show. Yeah, somebody do a pop-up show later on in the week, but as of right now. Sports on the Hill podcast will be taking off Memorial Day next Monday. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, because I was I was going to tell the guys that they should have off too. So let's just make that the plan, uh, and we could always uh, recap. You know who makes it to the different finals the following week, um, and uh, and do the same thing with the NBA. Uh, and the uh, finals will already be in progress, but we'll be able to talk about that as well. Uh, probably uh, maybe even have a live finals game that night. So. Um, so awesome. I've really enjoyed it. My dad just joined chat. He said, uh, Tampa Bay knows how to win, which is an important thing, which I think, you know, it's very true. Um, especially when they showed it here against a very good Florida team. Um, be honest, the wrong, one of the main reasons I'm rooting against Tampa Bay because folks always compare Stan Coast to Ovechkin with the goal scoring ability. And now if he gets three rings, as opposed to Ovi's one. Now we're going to hear that conversation just like we hear Crosby versus Ovechkin. That's kind of the reason why. One of the yeah, I I, uh, I don't doubt that. I'll probably root for whoever comes out of the other side of the Eastern bracket um, for that reason as well. I was kind of rooting for Florida in this series uh, just because um, I don't do know. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You can't root for Florida? You Because you... oh, they capital should have beat them. I'm sorry. I agree with Nick Baxter. They gave this series of Florida. I agree, but once you do it, my, my dad has always told me you want no. that team to go far. No, 
Uh, okay, well, we, they got swept. So, as an ex athlete, the team that beat me, I want them to get trashed the next week. So, they're well, they did. They, they got trashed. They got swept. They didn't win another exactly. game. So. There, you go. there you go, Carol. So, Carol, yeah, sounds good. Um, only catch is this Tampa Bay that swept it. <laughs> See, I can't win for losing, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a the Battle of Florida was a tough one for for sure. So I'll definitely root for again, man. And damn hockey. Yeah, they still mess with me even with the Capitals out, man. I know. So we'll we'll root for New York or Carolina, whoever comes out of that side of that bracket. Um, we still think uh Carolina is gonna beat New York in that series. Yeah, I'm going with it. I'm I'm going with it. I'm I'm confident with Carolina. Uh Brenda Moore is a hell of a. You think it'll go far in the series? I don't think we actually broke down the upcoming games for that one. But um, do you think it'll be close, or do you think uh, Carolina's two one now, right? Yeah, two one Tuesdays, game four seven Thursdays game is at seven, and then Saturdays to be determined, and that could also be on next Monday. Um, you know, a live game yeah, seven. I don't know because I done made bold predictions this hockey season and they haven't turned true. So I don't want to say they're going to win it in five because that's what I want them to do. So I'm because hmm. the Rangers are an interesting team. I wasn't expecting them to be different with the acquisitions they made in the offseason. I mean, I know they got Panarin. And- that, that goal is good. Yeah, his, yeah. That, that's, that's what shocked me against. Uh, in their first series, when he if he doesn't it. win the Vezina Trophy this year, I'm going to be pissed. I was like that. The fact that they're in the next round says a lot. After he got pulled in what the first two out of three games of the series, that they had put four goals in, in one period. So he's bounced back. He's been steady all season. I think would depend on how far if they you know go down at five. I don't know, but if they stretch it out to seven and Carolina wins, I think he definitely is going to end up winning the best because he's definitely been the difference maker for that team. Is it? I thought it's not even supposed to take consideration of. I think it was a regular season. Well, I, think, yeah, I think it is. Well, you're right. I think it is mostly regular season. I mean, just the, just off his regular season, I feel like he deserved because he. I think he won the most percentage of the wins for his team, and you know he's a big dude. He's athletic. He, you know, he's, I think he. Is even maybe first, second, and shutouts in the league. So I mean, I just hate that he's not on our team. Yeah, my dad's saying that we have family that like the Rangers, and uh, Zach's little cousin was actually on uh, the billboard at MSG during the win. Uh, it just happened because uh, they have season tickets, uh, so that's kind of cool. I can't root for the Rangers if Ryan Reeves on the squad. See, I know, I know. I feel the same could, way. But with him being on the team, I, I and you know, I, I, know. Love, I love Mika Jabanajan. I just, I don't know why I love his name. I got, and he's, a, I, he's a hell of a player. He I really like him as well. I love his name. He's one of the And the Breadman's a pretty cool player, too. I like Panarin. I think he's a pretty sick player. But Yeah, I mean, you know, even though Tom was ragdolled. I, I know, I know. There's a I history know, there. I still have that video on my page. I'm going to root for them for Brian and my cousin Brian, ironically, for two Brians. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I want that series to go seven because I have friends that like both of them. And then I'll decide what, next Monday when I watch that game instead of doing a live show. I, like I, I do like their coach. I like Brendan Moore when he was a player, and he's a hell of a coach. Really? I feel like he's kind of an asshole at times. I feel like he looks I mean, like a Bond villain. Well, I am at 
kind of an asshole sometimes. So I, <laughs> it's a relate to relate to the Bond villain. Yeah. I, I, so, yeah. <laughs> and and he ever since he's taken over, he's had that team ready to play no matter what. So I mean, you got to take your hat off to a player that's been able to transition that into being a quality coach and to get him, you know, get their get that team into contention for Stanley Cup since he's been there. So it's hard for a player to make that transition into culture. You were speaking about, you know, the Dallas Mavericks with Jason Kidd and the success that he's had going from a player to a coach. But it's hard for that to happen, especially in hockey. And the fact that he's been able to do that is something you got to take your head off to. For sure. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, uh, I want that series to go long. I want all the series to go long. I love playoff hockey, even if the caps aren't in it. It takes a little of the stress off, but for sure, there's still some really good stuff, but it doesn't have to say, see, I know. know I don't have the same root interest. Hockey. I, I like being engaged in, you know, I don't know. I was, I was watching on some of the, on the car trip down some of that hockey just on my phone. Cause I love that it's on ESPN plus and I'm like, this is awesome, it's man. I can like stream that anxiety, man. It isn't the same without thinking the next goal could be the end of the, the, the season. season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I, it's not it's not the same. I, I will 100% agree with you, uh, but I, I still enjoy it. Uh, talk about blowouts. Though. This, <laughs> I'm watching this, uh, the Boston game, and they're just absolutely. I put the hockey game on. I have both on, but it's not a uh, not a close game right now. I mean, um, there was one play when I saw with Boston where it was a high pick and roll. It was at the three-point line. The guy the, at the free throw line did a spin away from the two players, caught the ball, and did a reverse layup over three players. I was like, they they just they, they, that's over. <laughs> like this game, when one player can disabuse the whole team on the play, you might as well go ahead and chalk it up and start drawing up. Okay, tomorrow we're going to practice. <laughs> right. Yeah, this yeah it's eighty-eight over. to fifty-seven when I last checked the score in the fourth quarter. So uh, that's a hell of a thirty-point victory or incoming right there for them. So. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Uh, so we'll take next week off and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about some uh, different finals matchups, whether it's conference finals uh, in, in hockey or the actual finals in the NBA, I think should have started by then. Um, and uh, the news like the commanders trade for Tom Brady. will <laughs> be uh, most likely taken off. next week. Yeah, for sure. And well, we can always have the breaking news, facebook.com slash sports OTHP. We always put it all there. Uh, you can find us on all of our social medias. Go to sportsothp.com, click the socials button, and get all of our social media links for both Carol's personal ones, my personal ones, also all the show page stuff. Um, I want to give a shout out uh, before we get off air uh, for my friend uh, Josh Turk. He made it to the finals of a uh, Twitch voting thing. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in my after podcast recap uh, that we do right after the show on our Twitch channel. Uh, I know that Carol does uh, videos live um, of uh, different um, music videos uh, after his show on his end, but uh, it's been fun, uh, Carol, uh, doing episode 270 two with you which kind of blows my mind that we've done this many this many weeks uh, we've covered a lot of sports in our life <laughs> but uh, it's been a lot of fun it's been an interesting week uh, for sure I, I, I thank you for everyone for tuning in on facebook on uh, twitch on carol's youtube and all of his channels as well uh carol any final thoughts before we sign off from the podcast and then i'll do my post show before i read <laughs> on my end 
As always, appreciate you guys tuning in, checking us out. You know, you could be doing anything else tonight, but I appreciate the views on my YouTube channel. I've been growing um, up to 165 subscribers. It wasn't too bad since I've only been using it for like three years. But make sure you go check it out, subscribe for all the highlight videos, live streams at the Bar Radio, Sports on the Hill podcast, and stay tuned for a lot of other things that we're getting into. I always spoke about True Radio After Dark. It's coming. It's coming. So stay on the lookout for us. We got some things working, but we appreciate the support. Appreciate my followers, the folks that check out everything we're doing. Make sure you come down if you're in the market for a new new or used vehicle. Come on down to 2450 Crane Highway in Waldorf, Maryland, Waldorf, That's what I do as my day job, and I moonlight as a radio host. Yeah, that's what I do. But uh, come on down if you're looking for a new, used, pre-owned, certified, new, new credit, no credit, bad credit. Give me an opportunity to earn your business because that's what I do. My car sales professional. Make sure you go check out the website, sportsothp.com, for all the highlight videos, live streams, articles. I'm trying to get back into blogging, but it's just not enough time today. I know. I want to do so many projects. Oh, I want to give one quick little shout out. Uh, before we got out of here, also, if uh, I know that Carol's now on Twitch, uh, you can catch him, uh, CP3 underscore sports or THP. I just did a shout out on my uh, Twitch as well. So I'm happy that he's joined us. One cool thing is now there's artist attribution. I want to thank all the different uh, channels uh, where I've designed emotes for over the last couple of years uh, for adding my information to it and giving me an artist badge uh, and showcasing that I'm an artist across Twitch. Uh, and if people ever want me to design emotes for them, just they can always direct message me. And I've done it animated ones and static ones for tons of different channels. I've even talked about it. I have a podcast segment, Carol, now monthly on a show about how I make these emotes, which is kind of cool. It's a little art corner uh, that I do uh, once a month um, on Island Vibing Presents. But uh, it's, it's kind of cool that uh, Twitch is showcasing artists, musicians. You know, we've been able to do our podcast on here. So shout out to them for uh, creating a platform that's inclusive of all people and really trying to push art and artists. And um, uh, I think that as somebody who's an art teacher and who has designed a lot of art on this platform for a lot of different content creators, um, I'm really excited about that all came out this week. And I just wanted to give a little shout out to one of the platforms that we're on. No doubt, no doubt. I'm still figuring it out. So yeah, all that stuff you were just talking about, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll, I'll figure it out sooner or later when we get some time to talk. About. We, we we could talk offline for sure. Yeah, I, I, I've just got too much going on. Like I told you, I'm running 13 pages, two websites, <laughs> two channels for my phone. Now I got a channel and have no idea what the hell Twitch is. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. We're going to get there one day. I'm working on some stuff. I got some software glitches and some new stuff I uploaded. So this, yeah, it's it's. I'm just glad everything is running good. I didn't have nothing shut down on me. Tonight. Nice, we had a good a good podcast then. Yeah, it's a good yeah, it's a good day. So I'm gonna get off before anything crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Always, you know, I want to play some independent music videos on my feed. Bobby want to do his Twitch stuff and rave stuff and uh, all the other fun stuff that he does over there. I don't know what it is, but I'll figure it out one day. And. Make sure you check us out. Uh, we're taking off next week unless some breaking earth-shattering news comes along. One of us will go live with it. And make sure you check out uh, At The Bar Radio Sunday nights. Uh, sit around 6 o'clock. Uh, might be on the show this weekend. I'm not sure. Got some scheduling conflicts. But if you see a pop-up on the notifications, you know we're going live. 
So as always, appreciate you checking us out on your Monday night. DC sports about the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. CP3 and Robbie G, we out. Catch you next time.